How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of the Zoocast. And for the first time in like forever of recording this, things actually happened that were exciting. And we were kind of like, we were planning the episode. And we were like, man, are we even going to, like, we might not even be able to fit this. Like, we're so used to just talking about the stupidest stuff. I mean, Louie and I talked about Connor Ingram for a while a couple episodes ago. Not that, that something even happened with him, just... Yeah, it just came up naturally in conversation. But stuff actually happened. Usually we don't start with the Sens, but the Sens did something. They actually did something. They signed Drake Batherson. Everybody, yeah, cheers. Yeah. Woo. Yay. So six years at just under $5 million, I think it's 4.975. Yeah. Um, he's a senator for six more years. Um, I think the general consensus is that this was a good deal. Um, I remember before this happened, like a day or two before Joel Farabee signed with the Flyers, it was like a six by five. And a lot of people looked at that as like, that should be a Batherson comparable. And they essentially give him the same thing, but a little bit less. So I guess that's, I mean, that's good. No one's complaining about that. Um, yeah. So Louis, what are your thoughts on this? I know a lot of people liked it. Uh, you feel the same way? Well, it's nice to have a, like a big piece locked up for long-term. We were waiting for something to happen, right? Whether it would be Batherson or Kachuk are acquiring a top end winger as I think Bruce Garriock said in one of his articles. So we were waiting for something to happen and thank God a domino has fallen. Um, super happy to have Drake Batherson back. One of the best names in the org. Um, yes, I agree. And I'm that. always a fan of that, obviously. But, There's the uh, internal debate between the fan base. If it's, you know, is it the Drake or is it bath time? And personally, I'm on, I don't know. Like I, I flip flop. Yeah, agreed. Bath time. Why? But the bath way that time. the Sens. I'm on bath time. Yeah, but the way that the Sens announced it the other day, they made yeah. a lot of Drake jokes. Because his album Drake draw. Yeah, it was perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't throw a bath. It's like Kachuk is signing today. Now that Kakanyemi is signing. Yeah, exactly. We're just something waiting. needs so to happen, happen with Tom Brady, and then Brady Kachuk's <laughs> gonna do something. Yeah, exactly. It's all connected, really. Um, but yeah, Josh, what about you? Do you like the uh, the bath signing? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's like a bit of a risk because he hasn't even played 100 games yet. And he did well last year, but he shot 16%. So there's a bit of risk, but I still like that they're taking a risk like that because it's not like they gave him, you know, it's a player that's getting 8 million a year. Like under 5 mil, at worst, he's your second line right wing slash power play specialist. Like for 5 million, that's still pretty good. And an interesting thing is he's now the highest AAV forward on the Sens, passing Colin White. <laughs> Obviously, once Brady signs, it'll be him, presumably, assuming it's not a one-year, two-year deal. Yeah. Um, but still interesting for now. And we've talked about this before, about how the, so the Sens are taking a risk, like Josh said. We've talked about this, how they're, it's better to sign your players coming out of their ELC for longer so that you don't have to, I mean, obviously it's a risk, but at the same time, you're avoiding a risk by, let's say if you signed Drake Batherson to a bridge deal and he like way overperforms that contract, then you got, now you got to pay him way more after that bridge deal is done. 
but now you have him locked in for six years. And Pierre Dorian said this in an interview. He's like, we feel we are getting Drake Batherson's best six years. So that's important because they don't have to pay him more than that, you know, more than what they're already paying him in these six years. So I guess it's a bit of a risk, obviously, but it's also avoiding the risk of, you know, maybe having to overpay on a, on a second contract. Um, yeah, and having a contract go later into a thir- into the 30s when the player starts to decline, right? Well, yeah, exactly. this one ends when he turns 30, I believe, right? Something like 29, that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other the other interesting thing, and I hate to be a pessimist, is if you look at the salary breakdown, the last two years are 6.5 and 6.55. So mm-hmm. it's really backloaded. Man. I feel like that has to do with the escrow though and everything being really high currently. Yeah, that's yeah, possible. It's I think yeah. it's also kind of a move from an from an internal budget perspective of if he's you know if we want to dump him in the last two years, that's when he's getting paid the most, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm yeah, what I was getting at. Yeah. So oh, that could scare teams away. Like, oh, I agree. Yeah, right? I agree. You never know. I mean it's it's a it's a, at the end of the day, like the, the AAV there's no problem with. And no, yeah, you know, you know, I think what is it in the last two years, like six and six and a bit. So it's not even like a huge six point five and six point five. Yeah, five, I yeah. mean, it's it's not crippling how much they're paying in the last two years. Um, hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're settling, I mean, if if you're going with this AAV, I think you can afford to make those, you know, co- make a compromise, make the last two years a little bit more. Um, so I have no problem with that really at all. And it's it's nice because this fan base for the whole summer has been waiting for something to happen, like free agency comes along and like your big fish is like michael belzotto they're like okay that's not what we were looking for and then a month goes by a month and a half goes by like all these teams are doing stuff like the sends have these big fish still unsigned and then they finally get it like the last time that they committed to a forward like this i guess would be colin white and yep. that has not exactly worked out but i'm happy that the senators didn't get scared away by that necessarily and they and they're signing bathers and not just not to the same contract, but to a similar, like the concept is similar. Like he's a young player and he's getting, he's getting significant term. Yeah. Um, but there's still time for day. There's still time for even Colin White to bounce back. Oh, right. Sure. Cause I yeah. think, I don't know if Perdorio said it in the most, in his like interview on TSN 1200 that happened recently, but, or if it was earlier, but apparently that's who that's, he's one of the top candidates for the second line center. Right. Yeah. He said it like on the, you know, he's talking about the team centers and he was like Norris, Colin White, Chris Tierney are three centers that we have. And then he mentioned Shane Pinto, I think, as well. But it sounds like Norris is going to be the number one center, which should really be a no-brainer anyway. Yeah. Um, and then he's list. I can't imagine Chris Tierney's going to beat out Colin White for the second line. No chance. And, and then he mentioned, you know, he mentioned Shane Pinto after. So that kind of makes me think, like, he'll slot in on third line, maybe, or maybe he'll start in the AHL even. But uh, I would be okay with putting Colin White at center, second line center, try him out. See if you, it can maybe get him going a bit. I'm sure that'll be that'll mean he's playing uh, with Brown and Stutzel. Um, yeah. So I mean that's not a bad line. I can live with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean I think what I was hinting at is that the contract for Conway has not worked out well so far. I don't think that it don't I don't think it's a lost cause at all at this point. But I I think he's got to play a little bit better for it to be worth it. Yeah, and he also needs to be given more opportunity, I think, because he was getting scratched at the beginning of last year, right? Yes, for Michael Haley. We all remember. Of course. Yeah. Um, sounds legend, Michael Haley. Um, yes. But anyway, I it, it is definitely a comparable, just looking at how similar the contracts are for AAV and term. Uh, Colin White has, what, four more years, I think? Three or four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, it was six years when he signed. 
So it they're, they're pretty similar contracts. They're almost identical. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Even if Batherson like stays like a top six forward for the rest of his like of his tenure during that contract, that's a it's a good deal, right? It's under five million. Um, the cap is going to go up eventually, and the price will rise. So it's good to have him locked up right now. And I mean, he was key on the power play. Like he was one of our best transition options because well, we know how bad the the sense power play can be with the drop pass and all that oh, stuff. Oh, we right? all love the drop pass. Yeah, and as long as we play Calgary, which I know that won't happen as often, you can count on Drake Batherson for having two goals in those games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll so, be a nice, a nice four goals for the this year, I guess, for him. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, you know, with the Ottawa Senators as fans, fans know this. Whenever there's good news, there is almost always some sort of like eerie ominous thing that drops like within the same day um and so sean simpson on twitter said this i think this was the day that batterson signed right this is like before two or three hours before yeah yeah it was before he said this is a tweet this is what you go he said my source tells me frustration has set in with the kachuk camp brady is trying to stay positive but doesn't understand why it's taking so long. I asked what has been offered, and it was turned they have not received a legitimate offer from the Sens. And that is from Sean Simpson. Nobody else has reported this, but, I mean, you know, Sean Simpson seems to have, I mean, some sources in the organization from what he's reported before, I guess. But, I, I mean, Dorian went on TSN 1200 and spoke about it, and, you know, he's been... <laughs> He's been like scarred a bit from past negotiations. So his, his whole mantra has been like, we're not negotiating through the media. But I found it really, I don't know if anybody else, if you guys listen to the interview on 1200, but he's like, so they, yeah. they asked him about Batherson and he's like hyping up. And he's so happy. Like he's like talking super fast. He's like talking loud. And then they, they're like, okay, great. And they ask, um, can you give us an update on, uh, on uh, Brady Kachuk? And then he's like, goes in like this deep, sophisticated voice. And then he's like, Oh, today's Drake's day. We don't. Uh, we've had productive. We've had productive discussions with Brady's camp. That's all he had to say. That's not super. Like that. To be fair, he did say productive, positive discussions. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that makes it better. But like that, coupled with the Sean Simpson tweet in the same day, yeah. makes me a little scared about this. Does not bode well. No. And I, the thing, Josh, I don't know about you, but when he says that there hasn't been, like, a legitimate offer from the Sens. What do you think that they've even offered him that's deemed non-legitimate by Brady Kachuk's camp? Well, I'm not sure if that means that Kachuk doesn't want term right now, right? Like maybe they're only offering seven, eight years and he doesn't want seven or eight years and he just wants like a bridge deal. Um, I saw a video of him talking to a Flames reporter. I don't know if you guys saw it. And the Flames reporter, I'm not sure what his name is, um, asked him about, oh, like, oh man, like the, the fans want to see you like play in Calgary. And he almost like hesitated right now. He goes, oh, well, you know, like I love it in Ottawa right now, but I hope I have a really long career <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Really? I, I completely this missed this. When was Where this? Was this? Yeah. Um, I'll have to find it again and I'll send it to you guys, but it didn't blow up or anything. I, I don't know how it was. Clearly it didn't. Yeah. Bigger news. He didn't obviously outright say, oh, I'm, I'm going to leave for Calgary, but he was basically oh, no. just like, you know, uh, I'm happy in Ottawa right now. You know, the fans are great. Um, I hope I have a really long career. You know how cool it would be to play with my brother one day. So we'll see what happens. Really? On the sense, of course. Yeah. He, so, 
it's like maybe he just you know wants to wait it out wants a little bridge deal and sees where the sends are at three years from now um because i think sean simpson said this probably a month ago or so is that you know they want the sense camp wants or sorry the kachuk camp wants proof that they're willing to spend and that they're willing to insulate brady and help them actually become a contender before they lock themselves in for too long so maybe that's the thing is they're offering you know too much term that they're not offering and they're waiting for you know a three-year offer I think this Batherson contract's got to help with that, though, right? Like, you talk about they want... It has to, yeah. Yeah, like, the, the, yeah. he's seeing his a good friend of his and a, and a good player for them is now on the team for six years. So, yeah, clearly that's... I mean, like, you know, Norris can't be... He'll be signed next summer. That'll he can be, be signed one. already, though, can't he? I think so, but that's not... A, that's the yeah. Do that. That's not yeah. a sentence. But that's, that's the thing, right? If, so, if he signed a three-year deal, you've got Stutzel, who's going to get re-signed before that. You've got Norris, who's going to be re-signed before that. You've even got... You know, if Brandstrom breaks out, he's going to be due. I mean, he's due up next year, so we'll see what happens with that. It's, you know, there's free agency classes between now and then. Like, they just yeah. might just want proof that the Sens are willing to actually go up to the cap like the Melnick mm-hmm. plan states. And one player who you didn't mention that Sean Simpson loves to mention is Jake Sanderson. Of course. Who, you he know, yeah, he won't be due. Yeah. He won't be due for three, at least three years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah, depending yeah. on if he plays games in the spring, which Sean Sean Simpson seems to think he's playing games in the spring. I don't know. I th- yeah, I think that. he will. I also he will. think he's the second coming of Nick Lidstrom. Yeah, that's, that's a, a different yes. story. That I'm was, not going to agree with that part. Call. We won't. No. But it's uh, we'll see. I think I think you're right that and he it's it's fair. Like he's got a fair point of view. Like he wants to make sure that you know, if he's locking in long term, he wants to make sure that the team that he's locking in long term with is actually going to be. A good place to play um yeah. you can't yeah. really blame them but from a fan perspective like, man we're so sick of this like this happens every like this happens every year whenever you get a good player and this stuff goes on and you just want to see someone just do it right away right yeah and then when like, they leave it's the they didn't want to be here kind of talk it's yeah oh, it so like if this had happened if brady kachuk got signed like a month ago do you know how happy we would be like, oh my God, they got him signed like a whole month and a half before training camp. Like, what a miracle. What a, what a great move for the organization. Now it's going to come down to the wire again. I, I don't think he's going to hold out. I don't see him. Uh, he might miss like the first couple days of training camp max, I think. But what about, I mean, we've just seen it. What about an offer sheet? I was thinking about think that that's today. Impossible. I, I mean, I, I know this. it was like a revenge offer sheet. But yeah. the fact that one has gone through now this summer, I mean, I wouldn't say it's impossible that someone, you know, overpays him a little bit and sees what Melnick wants to do. I just would have thought that if anyone was going to do an offer sheet, it would have been earlier. Like, why would you wait till now, right? Like, why would you yeah. wait all summer to do it? But Well, I guess maybe now that there's rumors, they think there's actually a chance and a crack that they could, you know. Maybe. While we're there, are, are we getting breaking news in the middle of an episode, by the way? I believe so. Oh my so, let's skip to that for now. Okay. I no, mean, I think no, no, no. We should talk about this. Oh yeah, it's breaking news. Let's Eric, get on that Elliot, right now. Elliot Friedman just tweeted Montreal. We're rec- this. We're recording this at like six o'clock on Saturday. Elliot Friedman just record or just tweeted that Montreal and Arizona are working on a Dvorak deal. So this is okay. This is a good segue for this because about an hour ago, the Montreal Canadiens did not match the offer sheet. Yesperi Kakanyemi, he's now a member of the Hurricanes. And we'll talk about this. But one thing that comes with that from the Habs perspective 
is they now have a hole at forward there. And they have, obviously, they, you know, they have an extra first round pick. They have an extra third round pick. Do they maybe use that to try to get a player to replace Kakanyemi? And that appears to maybe be Christian Gorak from Arizona. We did, nothing else has come out right now. <laughs> we'll be monitoring Twitter as the episode keeps going. But, uh, Louis, maybe you could talk a bit about uh, this, this offer sheet. Uh, and, I mean, it, it seems like this was probably the right thing to do for Montreal, don't you think? Yeah, it's just too steep of a price at this point. You're not going to pay Kotka 6.1 million for what he's like for one year, yeah. and then have that be, I guess that's good. that's good. That would be his qualifying offer for his yes, next contract, right? Because right? there's no, I don't even think he'd be arbitration eligible yet. Um, no. So uh, it, uh, I think it, it is the right move for Montreal. Um, it does mean though that they're admitting to, I guess, kind of giving up on that a third overall pick that you know they could have had Brady. <laughs> um, and they won't have any more of those five-star passes from Kotkaniemi, right? So, so yeah, Grant McKay. But it's, so just while you're while you're on the topic, it's Friedman tweeted again. It sounds like it's going to be a first and another pick for Dvorak. Let me guess, the third? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, you never know. Um, so that'll be the deal. From we'll tell you the full thing when it gets announced. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sure. You, I mean, by the time this is released, you probably heard it already. Yeah, um, well, the Dvorak, the whole Dvorak rumors have been flying for a little bit now, right? Yes. Um, and it's, yes. I feel like that's been trending on Twitter every time I've gone on, just the Dvorak yeah. trade. And can we talk about Arizona? They're getting more picks. <laughs> they have like It's insane, six, the haul so that they've gotten. I think they might have six second-round picks. It, I don't know what year this first is going to be in, but they've got, got at least like four. I mean, if it's the offer sheet first, then it's 2021. My, my guess is what they'll do. It'll probably be either the higher or lower of the two. Like that'll probably be. Yeah, that'll agreement. be the condition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Now they have yeah. three firsts in 2022, which is their own. And that's one, a good draft. Car- yeah. Their own Carolinas and Colorados. And then they have five second rounders. Yeah. Which, that's crazy. Yeah. That's in a nuts. good draft like this. Imagine yeah. if they use all those picks. There's no way, right? That they use all those picks. I mean, it's not like they're supposed to be good, like, very soon. So they they could. They definitely could. And this is a draft to do it in, right? Like, I guess. I'm just astounded as to how they got all this and didn't really have that many assets to trade. Like, a lot of this was just through, like, cap deals. Cap management. It's incredible. Yeah. That would be a cool trivia question, actually. Like, what's the most picks a team has made in a draft? Like, in the era of a seven-round draft? I actually have no idea. I wonder. I, I might have to look that one up. But, uh. Anyway, so it sounds like I think we're kind of close until they made they all must those trades. Yeah, they must have been. But I mean, I'm sure that there were other tank teams that did similar, similar stuff to that. Um, so yeah, my, so Kock and Yemi now slides into a Carolina lineup. Are we? Sh- is he even going to play top six there? Do you think? Like they've they've got a pretty nice forward core. We talked about this. Josh and I talked about this last episode. Um, but he, Josh, you could make the case that he's like a third line player for them, right? I think you can make the case that with how we played last year, he's maybe not one of their nine best forwards. I mean, he yeah. might be their ninth, but you're paying him. Yeah. You're paying him six point one million. They're obviously gonna give him an opportunity. I don't know if it's the second line center or the third line center, but you know, obviously they're not gonna put him onto the fourth line. They gotta prove that this revenge move was worth it. Obviously, especially now that they're up against the cap. So I, I wonder if they're doing this to try and, you know, reunite some Finnish guys, if they somehow put Aho and Kotkaniemi together, yeah. that'd be really interesting because that could 
obviously elevate Kakanyemi's uh, point totals and make it look like it was worth it, even though he may not be a play driver or anything. You know, Aho could definitely help him bring his points up. Yeah. And going back to the Habs, let's just go they're la- okay the Habs are not good at drafting and this is you know this is going to be another kind of chapter to this story but since let's let me give you all of their first round picks since 2009 okay in 2009 18th overall Louis LeBlanc I don't even know who that is oh they yeah. picked him in 2010 was Jared Tenorti, who I guess has an NHL career, but that's not a first round talent. Didn't he just sign with the Rangers this offseason? Maybe. I could I'm not up to date on the Jared Tenorti segment, unfortunately. In 2011, it was Nathan Bolia at 17, who is a player, I guess. Jets legend. Yeah. They picked third overall, seems to be a great spot for them. Galchenyuk in 2012, Oof. who has done stuff, maybe. They picked Michael McCarron. 25th overall in 2013. That's bad. They picked 26th oh overall in 2014, Nikita Sherback. I remember they were really excited about that one. Holy, they were really excited, but he is terrible. Then they picked Noah Juleson in the same spot the next year, who has not, I don't think he's played an NHL game yet, maybe one. Then 2016, they picked Sergachev and then traded oh, him. Great pick. Terrific pick. So, really, so hats off to Bergevin for that one. But then they go for another third overall bust. <laughs> 25th overall in 2017, they picked Paling, who scored four times and then did nothing. So I'm not ready to call that one a good pick yet. Then 2018 was Kakanyemi, who's no longer on their team. In 2019, they picked Caulfield. I'll give them that one. That's, that's, that one looks like it's going to be pretty good. Fell right onto their lap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. In 2020, I, I mean, at this point, now we're getting into the territory. It's too early to judge. They picked Gouli in, in 2020. And then I think it might not be too early to judge this one, but Logan Mayu is not a good pick at, nope. in 2021 for a multitude of reasons. Um, yeah, not even just talking first round, just in general. Oh, yeah. But the moral of the story is that the Habs suck at this. And for them to give up on another third round, like a third overall pick is not going to help their case here um i don't think bergman bergman has not been a gm for the all of those years but i mean you got to think like bergman gets you know he, he gets he's kind of known for like being like like this ballsy gm like goes out and does stuff but uh his, his louis is drafting really does not seem to be going that well they're helping his case at all no not at all and i mean i guess then it with this track record i guess it's good they're trading their pick that pick away for dvorak <laughs> right because yeah. at least then that's like guaranteed player i guess um and he's an interesting case um i think jack hahn posted a pretty good article on him not too long ago about how dvorak you're talking about right yes yeah yeah Yeah. and he was talking about how he's a pretty good support player uh because he's a solid multi-possession player so he'll be pretty good at making like little plays to extend sequences and get players into good uh get the puck to players in good positions but for that to be able to happen properly you need to be playing with good line mates like his best season was when he played with hall in arizona i believe um so he's more of a support player who also has good finishing and he's been playing against some pretty decent uh competition recently uh in his role with arizona it's interesting i don't know what uh because now the habs 
I don't even know what's going on over there because they've lost they mm-hmm. lost Weber, right? They they're trying to replace him with like Savard. They yeah, I've, lost there was Tatar. a good tweet. There was a good tweet by Travis. Yes, Yost. by Trevor. No, I think it was Trevor Shackles. Oh, you're right. It totally was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, they replaced Weber. Not that they could do anything about that. Not like that, you know, they traded him away or anything. It's just injuries. But they turned him into Savard. Dano is just gone. Yeah. Tatar, I guess, a goal scoring forward. They changed into Hoffman. Kakem Niemi, they turn into uh, all star Cedric Pocket. He is Senator's uh, legend. There you go. Man, that was a frustrating guy to watch on our team. Um, And then Perry into, I guess, Matthew Perot. And then they lost Eric Stahl, which, oh well. But <laughs> I don't think that's a playoff team. Oh no, especially not at the not in the Atlantic. No, I I, I think that no. you could make a. I think it's pretty likely that the Sens will finish ahead of the Habs this year. I don't think the Sens will make the playoffs, but I think that when you look at so the top four teams, the top four teams in the Atlantic, in whatever order you want to say it, is going to be Tampa, Florida, Toronto, and Boston. And then after that, Buffalo is going to suck. Detroit is going to suck. Montreal is going to be bad. I don't. I cannot foresee a situation. Unless Carey Price, yeah, exactly. it just comes down to Carey Price. That's the thing too. about hockey. The whole doesn't matter how bad your team is. If your goalie doesn't let in a goal, you can't lose. So if Carey Price becomes insane again, then they, maybe they make the playoffs. Who knows? I don't think that's going to happen because Carey Price, besides the playoffs last year, has not been very good for a while. But you know, why why can't the Sens finish ahead of them? I think it'll come down. Funny, let's talk about goaltending for the Sens. It'll probably come down to Matt Murray, um, mm-hmm. but. We'll have to see how that plays out. Or newly signed Gustafson, who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess we can point that out. They signed Gustafson to the two-year contract. It's, it's uh, I think the only notable thing about that is it's, uh, it's a one-way to second year. Um, yeah. no. So Montreal just tweeted what the return was. I'm clicking the article. Cottage Wi-Fi. It says two draft picks. Um, first rounder. Yeah, the better mm. of Montreal's own first yep. and Carolina's first, so the better one, and their own wow. second rounder in 2024. Oh. Can you even trade a pick that far in the future? So well, well, it's only three three drafts. Okay. It is lottery so, protected, though. I think it's lottery protected. The next draft. Yeah, they say. However, in the event that either or both of Montreal's own first round pick and or Carolina's first round pick are top ten picks in in the draft. Uh, then Montreal will instead transfer to Arizona, the worst of Montreal's own pick, Carolina's pick. So if one of them is lottery, or if both are lottery, I guess it's the other one. Yeah. It's a they have a whole paragraph on it. It's quite confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the, the, the biggest the thing is it's a first and a second, right? That's what we're saying. So. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. If the Habs miss the playoffs, that yeah. could be like eleven. Yeah. To and that's a great draft for this pick. for you yep. to get picks in, right? So. Josh, they could get Kamel there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know you're high on him. <laughs> so here, so this, is, so the move ends up being the third overall pick, and we're assuming that Montreal finishes yeah. lower than Carolina. You're saying you you move the third overall pick, and let's just say you know somewhere between eleven or twelve and fifteen in exchange for Dvorak, and then a late first and a third. And but you get, and you also give up a second. You also get a third, yeah. So, not 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 the best asset management, but you you kind of you know Kakemi probably wasn't the right pick at the time, anyways. But now that you know that he's definitely not the right pick, it's not like you can really use the third overall 
draft position, you kind of just have to admit that he's not worth that anymore. And yeah, okay, it looks bad in hindsight, but do the best with what you can. Yeah, now. to their and credit, that's this was probably the right thing to do. I think it would have been hilarious if they matched that. Yeah, exactly. I, but I, I think one of the funny things that we're going to be able to see from this is all the half spends that, you know, literally like a week ago, they were like, oh man, Kakanyemi, man, so much better than Kachuk. <laughs> like, playoff performer, he's going to be great. And then he's now he's off their team. They're going to be like, you know what? Chuck was the right pick anyway. Like, we'll, we, I'd rather have a first and a third than just very cock and yummy anyway. So there will be a bit of a devo- or a bit of a change in heart there from from the uh, the Habs fans, but that'll that'll come in time. Um, I guess that's kind of it about cock and yummy. Unless you guys want to add anything else, so there's a couple other things we could get to. Uh, I feel like that's. I think feel like we've covered it pretty well with the uh, with the Dvorak news also coming right into yeah. Right, just at the right time. Yeah, that segue. Yeah, honestly, eh? holy great segue for. So thank you to the Coyotes for making that trade, exactly at this time. Um, so before we get in, we should just want to touch on a couple other Senators' notes before we get into some international stuff. Um, this is all from Dorian's media availability. He dropped a couple of nuggets in there that I think were kind of cool. Um, he uh, he's talking about Batherson. He thinks that his ceiling is 30 to 35 or even 40 goals. Uh, Louis, do you think that's realistic or do you think he's kind of pumping his tires a little bit? I agree that he could flirt with 30 and I guess 35 goals in his best year. 40 is a little much. Again, yeah. that always depends on deployment and line mates and the quality of competition and who he's going up against. But I, I guess they're really high on Batherson and that's a good sign, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see because around like 23 to 25, this is what the peak has become, like maybe a little, a little even earlier for players. So let's see if he actually keeps on because he, he's been steadily, if you look at his production over the last like four years, uh, like age and league adjusted, obviously, it's been pretty much consistently in the good second liner range. Mm-hmm. So I you don't can never have enough good second liners, I guess. Like... Yeah. And the Sens love, uh, love their potential middle six players keep drafting them so who knows who knows if that kind of player could end up getting 40 goals we'll see like if he keeps playing on the first line with Kachuk and Norris or if he if he plays with like Stutzla when Stutzla is broken out into a superstar definitely possible but I think it's definitely more towards the 30-35 goals and Josh you went on to talk a bit about uh, Logan Brown who is still on the team as much as people might not want to remember that but he is still on the team but he said (laughs) the quote was like I'm sure we'll come to some sort of compromise at some point in time. He's going to get traded. Um, do you think, uh, you know, what do you think his value might be? Because it's definitely not a first anymore. Uh, so what do you think they could maybe get for him? I mean, all it really takes is one GM who still, you know, likes his potential because he, he is a great player. And I think he would have been in the NHL probably two seasons ago if yeah. injuries weren't hurting him so bad um like he, he's an nhl player and he should be probably in the sense like if you're saying pinto starts the year in the ahl he should be logan brown should be their third line center to me if white's the second line center I I, i'd give logan brown a better opportunity than yeah. chris tierney especially if you want to get his value back up a little bit um but injuries have just really not helped because his combination like his size and how dominant he is, you know, on the power play. And he's such a good playmaker. It'd be such a good combination. But <laughs> the injuries, man, they've just really yeah, not I, I agree with you. I think I think 
they're just really frustrated with how that's panned out, the whole Logan Brown thing. So, uh, so I think they're that he's as good as gone, but we will see what happens. And then he finally talked a bit about internal depth. Um, and he kind of said that there's kind of like, you know, more spots than people think on, on uh, you know, in the lineup. The thing I found interesting, he said there could be 10 guys who could, who could end up pushing for an opening night spot on the back end. I was kind of like going through that in my head. Like, who could those 10 guys be? Like, you go, it's like, it's like, okay, so, uh, you know, you have JB, you have uh, Shabbat, Zaitsev, Zub, that's three, Mete, Brandstrom, Delzato is six, Holden, yeah. Josh Brown is eight, JBD is nine, and then who, like, who's 10 there? Like, I don't know. Like, they don't have Ole Al thing anymore. Yeah, it's just got to be like, just be like Jonathan Asper. Yeah, I think they just added an extra guy, like, because it could be Asper, it could be Dylan Hetherington, who they technically signed, it could be Lassie <laughs> yeah. Thompson. But yeah, that that's would, right. But then that I feel like the Lassie Thompson thing wouldn't make sense because he said on opening night, right? Yeah. Anyway, I think it's just a way of I think I don't think tennis is, is a solid. I think that's just a way of him saying they have options. <laughs> on, yeah. Well, on, I mean, it's the, good that he said there's more spots than people think. So it, it he's he is advocating for possible uh, youth entering the lineup into positions, which mm-hmm. we always love to see. And we've we've been saying like a lot of sense fans have been saying that they like to fill up those bottom spots with like veteran signings late in the off season. And yeah. a lot of people are like, Oh, we need to acquire another guy. I'm fine with just leaving it as it is right now. Like mm-hmm. let, let our, we have so many young guys in Belleville, let one or two of them just grab one of those spots in training camp. You know, like he mentioned Parker Kelly deserved a game last year and said he could stay in the lineup. And obviously he praised my boy Crookshank. Right. Yeah, I'll let you go on about that. Yeah. Well, he, he mentioned it, for some reason, just like me, I guess he just out of nowhere starts praising Crookshank in an interview, even though he isn't mentioned by name. So already Pierre and I see eye to eye to that, but <laughs> it's true. He talked about how good his production was last year in the NCAA on a bad um, UNH team. He talked about his good transition to the AHL and as a result said that he could push this year or maybe next year. So mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. It seems like he could get a game in this year. And he talked about Clark Bishop a little, which I wouldn't mind seeing him like as a fourth liner. We I thought, thought he was about, fine. Yeah, we talked about him the last couple episodes. He's, yeah. He he was a good fourth fourth liner. And he even said, oh, another guy we mentioned, Ridley Gregg. He said his quote was, Ridley Gregg could come in and surprise us all because he was one of our best players in Belleville last year. And I agree. Troy Mann loved him in Belleville, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Last year. He couldn't stop crazy. I feel like most Belleville. coaches would just because of his yeah. play style. Right? Yeah, I agree. So moving on to a different note, um, international hockey has been going on. The women's world championships have been going on. Great game, by the way. I don't know if, if either of you guys caught that. Um, the Canada-US gold, I guess it's a gold medal game. Um, yeah. And Canada wins it in overtime. Mary Philippe Boulay, it was, it was a weird one, right? Because it was, well, first it was a great shot. It was like a absolute, absolute snipe. Yeah. Absolute rocket. And then nobody knew it went in. And well, so she game, did. Well, she, she did, knew. but no, none of the refs or, or anyone else really knew it went in. So they played how much? Like, they played for a decent amount after that. Like it must have been like twenty or thirty seconds. Um, yeah. And then the refs were called. They called it like that's cool. So Canada well, wins. The buzzer after, went right. The, but yeah, like, there's the buzzer. Went, but right. everybody knew when the buzzer went because yeah. there was still yeah. some commotion thinking it went in, and Canada just flipped as soon as the buzzer went. Right. So yeah. it was a great but, scene. Uh, anyway, and I think. If I'm not mistaken, that ended a drought for Canada, right? They lost to the U.S. a bunch. Uh, I don't remember how many yeah. years it was. Didn't that. even make the finals uh, last last World Championship because they lost to – did they Finland lose to Finland something. in the semis? Yeah, yeah. lost to Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean that that gold medal game too that year was pretty insane too if I if I remember. Yeah, I don't think I remember very well. But uh, but yeah, so Canada back on top in the women's world championships. Great game. I highly encourage people to watch at least the highlights of that game because it was very very good. Um, and so that happened. Congratulations to Team Canada. Yep, and of course it's Marie Philippe Poulain who. Yeah. like scores the clip like, it, it, it's always her she has what like three gold medal winning like, yeah that's goals? right i was looking at that the other day she's one of those clutch international players of all time right Obviously. yeah because she had she had the goal for uh van the vancouver olympics that, Ooh, she had yeah. the game winner for that she had the ot winner in 2014 she had a big when they tying came back goal, right didn't she have like one of, there was a goal that like tied something in the goal in like a a final she, or semi-final she might have late. but i know in 2014 she got the ot winner on the five on three against yes. the states they, yes, they had because yes. canada was down by two i think late in the third something like and that i remember watching that like i was i was like playing badminton at the ra center and i was watching <laughs> in the lounge tv yeah and i was just i flipped and i started running around the court that was that's a pretty fun moment and then obviously she scores like in this it, it's just insane the amount of clutch goals that she scored to win a gold medal it's pretty much unprecedented i wonder how many how many more international competitions she's got left in her she's getting up there i think yeah I mean, she's getting up there in goat status too, right? For yes, I definitely agree with that. She she's pro she's probably past Wiccanizer by now. I uh, it's definitely a debate, but I I think a lot of people. I think she has. Use. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that. I mean, this like based on name value, a lot of people would probably be more inclined to be like, oh, Wiccanizer's like you know everyone knows that name. Um, but I think you know you can make a, you can make a pretty strong case. I think she has. Yeah. Uh, in other international news. Olympics. I mean, it, this has kind of been like rumored for a while, and like they, everyone knew they were close, but the NHL players will go to the Olympics. That is so exciting. I'm Thank so happy. God. Oh my I God. I can't wait. And and more importantly, means we get to see Zub on Team Russia. Um, yes. So I mean, <laughs> there's, there's something going on. on yeah. So that was going on like since Twitter discourse today. Like what? Like Russia could conceivably pick Zaitsev over Zub to their olympic team i think both of them are making it you have way. to assume right that both of them are going to make it um for one can only dream um so josh what are your thoughts on you know the uh you know everyone's going back to the olympics do you think canada's like the, the heavy favorite for gold or do you think another team might come in and come in and, and take it from them i mean obviously any other team like not any other team but there are a few other teams who could win but i mean Giant. i think canada's far and away <laughs> canada's far and away the favorite like I don't really, you know, like the USA, I mean, they're in the same division, so we'll get, you know, an early matchup as well yes. in round robin play. Yes. But, I mean, Russia does have the star power. But what I was going to get back to when you guys are talking about Russia is I think with Russia, there's a lot of politics that comes into play. And yes. I'm not talking Vladimir Putin politics. I'm talking, you know, where they played in the KHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, guys who left the KHL to go play in the NHL aren't as right. highly mm. favored. I'm not saying they're not going to take guys like Panarin. They're not going to take guys like but if Kucherov they have a because they left. Two similar guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it also depends. Is Valeri Bragan the head coach? Like, who's the head coach? Right? It's got to be. It's always him. He's yeah. always so, there. So does that mean guys who came up through his system are, you know, more likely to get picked? I would say probably. Yeah. I think that's a big thing with them is familiarity is a huge deciding factor. So like you're talking about Zub and Zaitsev. I mean, I think it'll just come down if there's guys who aren't, you know, the obvious star players. A lot of it might just come down to who's favored by the coaching staff more. Mm -hmm. It is bragging. I just double checked. Yeah. It, it will okay. Be yeah. I, I mean, of yeah. course, it, it's I all. Think, it's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's worth talking about 
just for a little bit, this China thing, because as it stands right now, the division, the first, like, like, you know, our group A for the men's championship is Canada, the U.S., Germany, who is getting better. Like, they're, they're considered, like, a real team now. Like, they've got... Oh, they won silver last yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, like, they, they've got, play, <laughs> like, they've got players. They can play. And then the fourth team is China, who I think they're in, like, what, what international division? Like, division A2 or something? 2A. Sure. 2A, yeah. yeah, there you go. There's a 35th so, ranked team yeah, in the world. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like, I understand they're hosting the Olympics. I get that. And everyone wants to see their country play but they cannot play in this tournament. There's that you could make a conceivable. I doubt that they even score a goal. Like if you they could do. make, you could make a logical argument that Canada or the U.S. could score a hundred times against China in a game. The issue is, you know, obviously one USA versus Canada. There's not going to be an issue for who's going to finish first, unless one of them loses to Germany, because one of them will finish higher. So the goal differential won't matter within the division. But when it comes to seeding, because there's four, how many groups are there? Three. There's three. more than four groups. There's three, there's three groups. Three groups. There's only 12 teams. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But for that seating, you know, between divisions, if it comes to uh, the way that they make the quarters work, that goal differential is going to matter. If there's Mm -hmm. undefeated teams whose goal differential are matched up or the second place team, like they're not going to just play easy against China because they don't want to embarrass them. A team like like Germany, because I think the way that it works is it's it's the two best teams in each group and then the two next best Two wild cards? Okay, Yeah. yeah. And so if Germany plays China, they're going to run up the score and they're going to be one of those, like automatically they're one of those two wildcard teams because they're going to win like 20 or 25, nothing. Right. Like they're, yeah. you know what I mean? So listen, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think you have to, you have to take it for the tournament, man. Like, I don't think you can make a, a, uh, an argument to keep them in. I think if the other if you, interesting argument was giving people citizenship to play for them by the time the tournament starts. Right. Yes. yes. But that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I don't, I haven't been uh, watching the Olympics religiously. I don't know where that there's much precedence for that. Like guys or girls getting uh, citizenship just to help a team out. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think the, the better solution is to give one of the teams that just missed qualifying to replace China. So like that would be like a Norway or a Belarus or a France yeah. even. I think they would at least put up somewhat of a fight. Um but I mean you can't I don't think China can play in that division or in that tournament at all. I just don't yeah, think it's fair. It's it's, it's not going to be good. It really doesn't help also that they're in that group with Canada, US. Who's Germany, just right? like whose call was that? That's stupid. It's just seeding. That's just how it is. Yeah, right? it's, have, not, it's not choose chosen. Well, I think Canada's ranked number one right now, double IHF. And then you have Russia, Finland, yeah. and then maybe US yeah. then. Because you yeah, still have so. like Czech Republic, Sweden. I don't know how mm-hmm. they go with there. But anyway. it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes out, man. Yeah, so we'll yeah we'll see what, what... The Olympics are about what, six months away now, something like that. So they've got a bit of time, but they should really figure that one out as soon as possible. Um, yeah. Moving on. Back to the NHL. We've got a little bit of time left, I think, so we can quickly go over this. Uh, there were other signings besides Batherson in the NHL. Yes. Uh, Lou Lamorella was active. The Islanders re-signed all of their players in, like, a day and a half. <laughs> and the, I think Lou, you know, Lou's got, like, the reputation of, you know, like, he does it his own way, and it's never what the, the general consensus wants, but it seems to always get them pretty far in the playoffs. I think the funniest out of these contracts 
is Casey Sezegis, who yes. is like a bottom six player, like a known bottom six player. They gave him six years at two point five million. He isn't he like thirty already? He is thirty. Let, let alone that you're giving six years to a fourth line player, which is insane. And he had cut, he had a pretty big million. declining year too. Yeah, like that contract can only turn out bad, right? Like mm-hmm. that, there's no way that that's going to be good. I think the Bovillia contract I liked the three by yeah. by four point one five. I think there's no problem with that. Pretty um, good bridge. The Sorokin contract is three years at four million. I think that's a good deal as well. Um, yeah, he's been solid, and Paul especially Mary, since Varlamov's also there for yeah, a exactly. Paul Mary goes for four by five million. I think that's a little bit too much term for a guy like Paul Mary, who's getting a little bit up there in age. Um, I think he, I think he might have dropped off a bit last season too, but I'm not. Don't, to don't be fair, off. I think that was more of just a down year, and he's like ready, yeah. like primed for a bit more of a bounce back, if sure. anything. Because he got pretty unlucky in terms of his past for like finishing and all that stuff, so mm-hmm. I think he can bounce back. Sezikis, though, I dude. Yeah, there, there's also some people like in Ottawa saying like, what a, could a comparable possible contract would be for that? Some people are saying like Nick Paul. I think Nick Paul's better than Casey Sezikis. He's also younger. Yeah, I'd take hey if they said Nick Paul six times two point five, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah exactly. lock him in. Like sure. lock in a third line winger for two point five. Was good yeah. on the penalty kill, and I'd everyone loves him. And he's younger, yeah. Yep. And uh, might be worth pointing out that Zach Parise is like he's signed there, but they haven't announced it yet. It hasn't been like filed or whatever the problem with that is. But Lou Lamoureux loves he loves his old people, so Parise will go. The other thing is who's so is someone injured long term for New York because their projected LTAR use is three point eight million. So they're you know well over the cap. That is a good. So question. do we know who's going to come out or if they're going to have to make a trade is rick I mean, dipietro still on ltir for them or did they just buy him out no, he got he got bought out, bought out. Okay. the bottom yeah. penalty is it should be done but yeah it's, um, he's not getting anything against the cap with his buyout. okay penalty. so i'm i am curious though because that's that's I don't pretty see high anyone. above and that's without the parise deal they have so many guys getting I mean, paid oh my god but it, it's interesting because we were talking we talked before about how i believe that Bridge deals should only really be used in a team's prime when they can't afford to go big deal. And this is a perfect example. Beauvillier and um, yeah. Sorokin. Mm-hmm. Like, they gave him three years. The AV may be a little bit high considering it's a bridge, but, like, if you gave them six to eight years, they'd be asking for almost Way double. Not, yeah. not, not necessarily double, actually. They're not double. They're not $8 million players. Like 50 to 60% higher. Yeah, so if you're saving four or five mil against the cap, but it might hurt you in three years, at which point your window's closed anyways, it doesn't yeah. hurt as bad. And it helps them right now. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at their cap friendly. I mean, they, they have so many forwards that are getting paid yeah. above three million dollars. Yeah. They have so like many getting have, paid above five. So they have say, their full top six is getting paid that. I mean, yeah. Like one I guess so, they lost Everly though, who was making something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they have so between Clutterbuck, Komarov, Sezikis, and Matt Martin, they have four, they have 10.5 million between those four players. <laughs> God, that is not how you run a team. I'm no expert, but what do you mean? I, you won GM of the year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> my, my bad. I apologize. Um, I think just on going back to what you said on the topic of Sorokin specifically, we've been big advocates of not signing a goalie for a bunch of years, and I think you know, because they're just 
they're weird and then you never know what can happen year to year. Um, so I think a three-year contract for him is really good because he's young enough where, yeah, he's performed well, but you don't really know exactly what you have in him. Not that you really do with goalies. He's played 22 time. NHL games. Yeah, exactly. Like he can't, career. yeah, he, uh, three years is, is, is fine with me. I wouldn't have gone much further than that. Um, and the other so, yeah. thing is his 918 save percentage, you look at it, it doesn't look bad, but they played, he plays for the Islanders. Like a 918 yeah. on the Islanders isn't a 918 on the Ottawa Senators. So you could make the argument that he hasn't even, yeah, you can't, I don't even know if you could make the argument that he's necessarily worth three times four right now. Like he, has he proved he's 26 too. Mm-hmm. I feel like they drew a little bit from his track record in the KHL. Because he played a sure. decent amount there, yeah. right? And that's a but pretty top end league. Is, also, is he their backup? Right? Like, are you paying Parlamov's three times four for a backup? Though, so, Parlamov has two years I mean, left. Yeah. He's thirty three. Yeah, yeah. So it like might be his, a one A one B. It's not like it's his fault for playing behind a defensive team. Like, what's he supposed to do? No, no. Ask for no, but Agreed. if you look at the actual <laughs> type of chances he's you sure. know, facing, yeah, like the goal saved above expected. Yeah, exactly. He may be he's closer to league average than he is to a four million dollar mm-hmm. player, but but it's not like four million is a crippling amount of money to pay. Well, it just, just like they're now they're you the know cap. they're three point yeah. seven mil yeah, over yeah, yeah. the cap. So if anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like and next year they need to sign they need to sign Pulock, Dobson, um, yeah, Andy Green, Ross Johnson, <laughs> Andy yeah, Green, a, and you know a, they're resigning. Andy. And the year after you know they it. need to resign Barzal. So. And Wallstrom, so that's going to be interesting. Does Wallstrom play for them? A like, little bit. He played a bit in the playoffs, didn't he? They have to integrate him at some point. <laughs> but the guys blocking his way are like, like 44 Martin games last year. <laughs> yeah. Wallstrom was half a point per game last year. Whoa. I didn't know that. Well, maybe they should play him. How many games do you play? 44. 44. 21 and 44. It's not bad. That's yeah, not bad. I mean, yeah, he shot 13%, but he's a good shooter. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Anyway, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what they do, man, because they do, they still have a decent amount of contracts coming up in the next year or two, and they have all these guys locked up. So I don't know how GM of the year Lou is going to maneuver. Well, they have a couple guys expiring, too. Yeah, like Komarov's coming off the books, Clutterbuck. Yeah, he's injured, though, right? That who That's who they have. Oh, there IR. it is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I knew it. It only took us like 10 minutes of talking about other stuff. We, we pointed out every single existing player and <laughs> It clicks. So that means, got, so in theory, the they'd have two point three million in cap once they LTIR him. Yeah, yeah. That's two point three mil to work with for Parise. So you gotta think he's probably coming in under two mil, unless they're oh, sure. going right up against it. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure. Yeah, they'll be flexible, and I hope for their sake. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's all the time that we have for today. I know everyone was expecting trivia, but I mean. Batherson signed, cock and yummy offer sheet. No chance we could have fit that in. It'll happen eventually. Uh, we were, I mean, we're going to say we're going to plan it for next week, but when Kachuk signs the day of, then I guess, you know, we'll have to push it back. But uh, anyway, that'll be it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for watching. Um, well, I guess you're not watching. We're not, we're not on YouTube yet. We're not that big. No. But thank you for, <laughs> but thank you for listening. And uh, we hope to see you guys again next episode. And that'll be all from us. Take care, everyone. See ya.